You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. What's going on, guys? Hope that you are well. We are in the first part of a new sub-thread entitled Responses. If you've been with us throughout the year, you know we're running a year-long series entitled Threads. But the sub-thread that we are starting this week is Responses. And uh, the topic that we're going to cover is Celebration. The idea of responding in celebration. Last week we talked about holiness as we wrapped up our uh, subthread of higher plans. I would encourage you to go check that out if you haven't listened to it. But as we talk about responses, in our lives we will get millions of opportunities on how we respond to life, to others, and to to God. And truthfully, how we respond might be the most powerful thing that we do. It's not always in the seasons where we get lots of time beforehand to think things through, but how we respond when we are right in the middle of a season or a situation. It's really interesting. As I was wrapping up the preparation of this sermon yesterday, um, I got a phone call from my mom and and my mom's incredible. And um, she's just like, I have to tell you this story about what happened to me in a parking lot uh, at the grocery store. And I was like, okay, like, let me know. Hit, hit me with the story, mom. <laughs> and she tells me the story about this guy whipping around the corner, almost hitting her, getting out of his car and just like losing his mind, just cussing at her up and down, up and down, up and down. Well, what he didn't know is that my dad was with her too. And so he comes out from between the cars and he goes, do you have something to say? And this guy just, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to her and just like cussing. And he's like, no, you're not talking to her. That's my wife. And if you have something to say to her, you can say it to me. And uh, my dad's a a big, formidable guy. And the guy gets in his car and and drives away. And I love that that through this story, um, this guy definitely probably got what he deserved. But my mom asked this question. She said, I wonder if we could have responded differently, though. And I was like, ah, oh, that's so good. That's so good to, to just ask ourselves the question, okay, like that situation, it makes sense that the situation happened the way that it did, but did we respond the way that we were supposed to? There's power in our response. And this week, as we talk about celebration, I think it's important that we point out the truth that sometimes it's hard to think about celebration. When, we're in, when we are in an undesirable situation, when we find ourselves in a valley, it's hard to think, yeah, like I, I think that it's, I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to celebrate about this. It's not our human tendency to celebrate in moments that, that, we would de- that we would deem undesirable. But what I would like to do is start with three questions that we will walk through quickly. And for some of us, it might seem simple and obvious, but for all of us, these questions are to serve as something that we could be reminded of daily. So the first question I want to ask is, why do we celebrate? Why do we celebrate? And I think that I have to pull out the one of the most popular verses, one of the most famous verses in scripture of all time, and that is this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. John three sixteen. I think that this is the why. This is the why. We celebrate because this is just a chapter of the story. Our lives are just a chapter of the story. We celebrate because we have been offered eternity with Jesus, not because of who we are or what we've done, but because of who he is and what he has done. This is just temporary. We can celebrate because there's a lot more to the story. We get to live in eternity with Jesus. Too often we attach the why to our situations instead of our Savior. Too often, we attach the why, the why we celebrate, to our situations instead of our Savior. So we look at our current circumstance instead of our eternal Savior. It's important that we understand that Jesus is the why. So that leads us to our next question. Who? Who do we celebrate? 
And that can be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It says this. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Do everything for the glory of God. So the why and the who are the same. The why and the who are the same. It's Jesus. It's all about him. Now is there room in our everyday lives to celebrate one another, to celebrate what God is doing through us? Like, yes, like there, there is room for that. But at the foundation of why we celebrate and who we celebrate, the answer is Jesus. He is the why and he is the, the who. We must start with God. Nothing is possible without him. And that includes having a posture of celebration. If we want that in our lives, it has to start with Jesus. And then the third question is when. When do we celebrate? Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. So the answer is always. Easier said than done, right? But if we anchor back to the why, we can find reason to celebrate always. If we anchor back to Jesus, we can say, no matter if I'm in the valley, no matter if I'm on the mountaintop, if I can anchor my joy, if I can anchor my celebration to the personhood of Jesus, then I will be okay. That Jesus is the answer because our response is not connected to our current circumstance, but the eternal promises of Jesus. Our response is not connected to our current circumstance, but to the eternal promises of Jesus. So now what I want to do is I want to look at a story found in the gospel of Matthew chapter 22. It's this, this parable that Jesus himself tells, and we're going to go through the entire thing, and then we'll jump in uh, back to some specific areas and pull out some, some points. Uh, so Matthew chapter two verse, or chapter 22, verses 1 through 10 says, Once more Jesus spoke to them in parables. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to summon those invited to the banquet, but they didn't want to come. Again, he sent out the other servants and said, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fattened cattle have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went away, one to his own farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged, and he sent out his troops, killed those murderers, and burned down their city. That was a quick turn in the story. Um, I looked at, look forward to theologically diving into that and what, what the point of that is. Uh, but at this, stand, this current moment, I do not know. But then he told his servants, the banquet is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Go then to where the roads exit the city and invite everyone you find to the banquet. So those servants went out to the roads and gathered everyone they found, both evil and good. The wedding banquet was filled with guests. The wedding banquet was filled with guests. So let's jump back in. Verses 1 and 2. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. So the first point out of this is that the kingdom of heaven is a celebration. The kingdom of heaven is a celebration. I don't know about you, but that gets me pumped. I love a good party, and that is going to be the best one ever. My hope is that we would realize that, that God, through the guardrails that he puts in our lives as we follow Jesus, the suggestions of like, this is what you should do, this is what you shouldn't do, isn't God perpetually trying to make our lives boring, but is instead preparing us for the greatest party ever. Jesus is the greatest party planner ever. He's working in us and through us, and his goal and ours should be to make the party crowded. Have you ever been in an event 
where there's chairs out, tables out, and like so many people show up that they have to start wheeling out new stacks of chairs or new tables. Like that is so such a cool feeling. You're like, man, this thing is hyped. Like this is this is like super well attended. Uh, there's so many people here. There, there's some electricity about that. Like they're having to bring out more tables. Well, in our earthly events, some of us can be stressed out because there's only so many tables. There's only only so much food, right? Like there's, but in heaven, there's no limit to the amount of tables, the amount of chairs. There's room for everyone. And God's like, no, let like let's go let's bring out all the tables let's go let's just keep bringing out more and more tables more and more chairs our goal is to make heaven crowded the kingdom of heaven is a celebration verses three through four go on to say this he sent his servants to summon those invited to the banquet but they didn't want to come and again he sent out other servants and said tell those who were invited see i've prepared my dinner my oxen and the fattened cattle has been slaughtered and everything is ready come to the wedding banquet so the second question is, God has invited us, will we go? Will we go? There's an open invitation from the creator of the universe, but we have to make the conscious decision to accept it. As we read this parable, isn't it frustrating to think about the people who are being invited to the king's banquet? Wouldn't Why wouldn't they want to go? Why wouldn't they want to go to the king's banquet? And if we look at our own lives, as we look at the king who offers the greatest banquet, we, we have friends and we have family, and, and maybe you are one of these people too who, who is spiritually unresolved. Like for those of us who follow Jesus, we get frustrated and we're like, why wouldn't you want to be a part of that? Why wouldn't you want to be a part of the greatest party ever, the greatest banquet ever? God, the creator of the universe, the God who owns the stars in the sky, it has an open invitation to each and every one of us. Why wouldn't we say yes? But then when I look at my own life, I think about the daily invitations that Jesus invites me into. Yes, there's a standing invitation for eternity, but there's also these daily invitations that God's like, hey, like, I, I want to refine you. I'm like, no, I'm good. Like, oh, hey, I want to challenge you in this. Like, I think you could grow here. No, I'm good. Oh, I want you to love this person really well. Nah, they're pretty annoying. Like, I, I don't think I want to step into that. Like, why would I say no to the invitations of Jesus to grow in me the person that he wants me to be? Because who he wants me to be is going to be the best version of myself. But I say no to the invitations too. So we have to be careful as we look at people around us and say, why wouldn't you want to be a part of this? I'm sure God looks at us on a daily basis and goes, hey, I, I offered this to you today. Why, did, why didn't you want to be a part of that? Why didn't you want to accept the invitation to step into that relationship, to speak those words of affirmation, to encourage, to love, to, to support, like all of those different things? Would we be careful, but would we understand and ask ourselves the question, God's inviting us daily and eternally, will we go? You see, we respond by accepting the invitation to celebrate with Jesus. We respond by inviting other peoples into us, in, into this. It's really interesting to me. Um, I don't know if you've been a part of a potluck or a dinner group, and, and if there's a host, like usually like the host makes the main dish, and then people bring sides or dessert or whatever. But but I've been a part of a couple where, where the host is like, no, I have everything ready. I love that it says this. I, I have everything ready. Jesus is this host who has everything ready. He has paid the price. He's covered the cost. We don't have to do anything. We just have to show up. And it's like that dinner party where the host is like, no, I got it. Like, What can I bring? And they're like, no, it's covered. I've got everything. Just just come. In fact, the only thing that I would like you to bring is more people. I've got plenty of food. I've paid the price. Like I've covered the cost. What I'm asking you to do is not not bring all your stuff to the table and say, like, how can I contribute to salvation? But no, like I have covered all of that. I don't need you to save anybody. I just need you to bring people along. Will we accept the invitation to in, then in turn invite other people to be a part of that which we've been invited to? That's the thing. Like we have gifts, we have talents, and, and 
understandably and unquestionably God is asking us to use those things. But but your gifts and your talents, my gifts and my talents, isn't going to save someone's soul. Maybe it will help introduce someone to Jesus, but we are not their savior. He is. So what we bring to the banquet is hopefully a bunch of our friends and a bunch of our family. And we would say, look at our host. Look at Jesus. He has paid for everything. He has set the table for us. He loves us so much. Like, would you want to be a part of this amazing thing that I get to be a part of? So we respond by accepting the invitation and then in turn inviting other people. Verses 8 through 10 said, then he told his servants, the banquet is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Go then where the roads exit the city and invite everyone you find to the banquet. So those servants went out to the roads and gathered everyone they found, both evil and good. The wedding banquet was filled with guests. The next point is this, everyone, everyone. Heaven isn't a VIP party. It is the most inclusive event of all time. Can you imagine the servants going out and inviting everyone from these roads that are exiting the city? They're literally inviting everyone to the banquet. The range of responses had to be vast. There were people who were full of fear and were like, wait, why does the king want me to come? Or people who were full of trepidation that were like, well, if the king knew who I was, or if the king knew what I did even tonight or last night, like he wouldn't invite me to the banquet. There's, there's probably some that are pumped, that are just full of joy. Like, yes, I've been waiting for this invitation. I just needed somebody to invite me. Like, I'm so excited to go. Like, these responses are all over the place. They, they fill the entire range. And I think that it's similar to how we respond to Jesus. Sometimes we respond in fear. Like, ah, I, I don't want to step into a relationship with Jesus because, like, I'm scared of what that's going to require of me. Some of us step into it with joy and like, oh man, I can't wait. Like I've been looking for this my entire life. I'm so excited to be a part of the movement of Christ. Some people have trepidation that, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know if it's for me or, or if God knew, if God only knew, he knows, he knows, and he still invites you. But we still have sometimes a spirit of trepidation. Like the response that we have to Jesus is often the response that we find here in this story. And oftentimes, we have to, to understand on a regular basis that the offer stands for everyone. The offer stands for the good, for the evil, for the broken, for the put together, for the downhearted, for the oppressed, for the oppressor. It's really easy when we read this to see evil and good and we're like, okay, bad people, good people. But that's just like people who seemingly have it together and the people who are, are visibly broken. Like God, the, the king is saying like, I don't care who it is. Don't go up to him and say, mm, do you deserve to be there or not? Like, no, everyone, invite everyone. I want this place filled with guests. And it absolutely is. You see, the truth is, is that when you come to the banquet, Jesus changes everything. When you accept the invitation to surrender your life to Jesus, he changes everything. He doesn't create in us just this perfection, but he gives us opportunity through those daily invitations to be a little bit more like him. So we invite everyone. Everyone is invited to the table. I'd like to close with a verse out of the book of Isaiah as we think about parties, invites, qualifications, etc. Maybe we could just dwell on the truth of this verse. Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15. It says this, For the high and exalted one who lives forever, whose name is holy, says this, I live in a high and holy place. I live in a high and set apart place and with the oppressed and the lowly of spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the oppressed. For the high high exalted one, Jesus, who lives forever for eternity, whose name is holy, set apart, says this, I live in the high and the low, in the high and the holy, but I'm also willing to be with the lowly. 
that we serve a God who is high and holy, but he's willing to come to us in the lowliest of places and everywhere in between. The question that we have to ask ourselves, are we willing to accept the invitation and celebrate the victory that is Jesus? Would we understand that that our God is so big and so great that he can live in these high, unattainable places, and yet he invites us into those things? And he's also willing to meet us intimately in the valleys of our lives and say, I'm with you here too. Would we not neglect the truth that Jesus is God for all people in all places, that he is willing to love us right where we are at, that the banquet will be full, not because the VIPs were invited, the put together were invited, but that Jesus came and had a message for everyone. And he said, hey, if you just come, if you surrender your life and you say, your will be done, not my will be done, man, we're going to pack this place out and it's going to be full of the best stories ever. So would we be people who don't just accept the invitation, respond in the acceptance and the celebration of, of partying with Jesus, but would we accept the invitation to, to want to celebrate with so many people? Let's make heaven crowded. Let's make the party crowded. Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.